today I have the distinct pleasure of introducing a woman who has been in our shoes before. She is someone who has worked her way from being an intern for an organization to being hired as a full-time staff member. This inspiring woman is Eleanor Werner. My name is Monica Schmidt and I'm a rising sophomore at Pepperdine University and currently working as a fellow at the Claire Booth Loose Policy Institute. Eleanor Warner is the Assistant Director of the Young Leaders Program at the Heritage Foundation. The Young Leaders Program promotes the mission of the Heritage Foundation to the next generation by developing and implementing outreach to younger audiences. She started, she started as an intern at the Heritage almost five years ago, working as a communications intern. For those of you unfamiliar with the Heritage Foundation, it is one of the nation's top think tanks and attaining an internship or a job there is highly credited. She worked briefly as a development intern, then as an events assistant traveling on the 2011 President's Tour, and then as the executive assistant for the Vice President of the Institute for Economic Freedom and Opportunity. This experience has provided her with a unique and successful perspective on advancing in the workplace. She now manages the Think Tank's intern program, which brings nearly 200 interns every year to learn and grow at the Heritage Foundation. Please join me in welcoming Eleanor Werner. All right, good afternoon. I first want to start by thanking uh, the ladies of the Claire Booth Lewis Policy Institute for inviting me here to talk um, with all of you. One of my first events that I attended as an intern was one of our Congressional Women's Network lunches co-hosted with Claire Booth Luce and the Heritage Foundation, and they invited um, Diana Furgot-Froth, excuse me as I butchered the pronunciation of her name, but I, um, it was the first time that I spoke up in front of my peers and my coworkers at Heritage to ask her a question um, about an article in The Atlantic on why women still can't have it all. Uh, but that event was put together by, as I said, Claire Booth Luce and Heritage. And throughout my career, I have loved those lunches. So if nobody else has already done a pitch for them, um, you should check those out there every month. And they are a special treat. Uh, as Monica so wonderfully said, I started here as um, in DC as an intern myself about five years ago. I hopped around a little internally, as you may have gathered from my bio, working first um, as an intern, then a temp, then an assistant, and now in my current role as the assistant director for the Young Leaders Program. Um, so five different departments, but the constant theme in my career is that I've always been able to work with interns. Um, and I've really have seen all kinds. I've seen people who excel and stand out, and I've seen people who just kind of get things done, and then I've seen the people, um, I call them kidney stones, which maybe I shouldn't have said, but um, <laughs> there's nothing I can do. They're here. It's a kind of painful experience for all of there, but you just have to pass them. Um, <laughs> that's never the ideal. And quite candidly, I made mistakes, so many mistakes when I was starting out as well. My favorite part working with the interns now is when I get to help um, one of my interns or my alumni figure out what that next step that they want to take is and then put that step into action to, to make it work out. Um, and that's what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to break my talk into two parts, talking first about making a good first impression and developing professional reputation. And then finally, um, setting your sights and landing that first job. Um, and why do I start off talking about making a good first impression and building a professional reputation? Is because unfortunately I've had interns who do amazing work. They write really well, they're good on their feet, they get things done quickly and efficiently and just, you know, great work ethic. But they, um, 
they kind of sabotage themselves in either how they dress, how they act, how they interact with staff, or just their um, personal interactions with their other interns. Um, so I never want an intern to self-sabotage, and that's what we're, I'm going to talk about for the first half here. Um, actually, this evening, I'm going to make another little pitch. We're hosting a Welcome to Washington event at the Heritage Foundation. It's at 6.30. So that's going to be talking about how to stand out and make the most of your internship as well. So if you like maybe part one here with me, I highly encourage you to come to that event. We've closed registration, but we're taking walk-ins, so you should come check that out. Um, because there are thousands of interns here, and you want to make sure that you're standing out from your peers. And I think there are two good key strategies for that. We're going to talk about making that first impression and then building a professional reputation. So uh, maybe you've already been here for a while and you're thinking, I can't talk about making a first impression. I've been here for three weeks. Or, um, you know, I've already met my boss. This doesn't apply. But I want you to think about every um, Every day is a new opportunity. Don't continue to beat yourself up about what you did or didn't work out so well yesterday. Um, and also, every person that you meet is a new opportunity. Um, and with that mindset, what goes into a first impression? I read an article about Cary Grant. I'm a big lover of black and white movies. Um, but he is just known as this sort of cultural icon of youth and elegance. And he's famous for saying that it takes 500 small details to make a good impression. Well, I'm not going to go into 500 small details, um, but there are a couple that I want to talk on quickly first, um, namely your appearance, your handshake, making introductions and conversation, um, and how you talk on the phone. So the first um, thing, if you're meeting someone, the first thing I saw when I looked at you, the first thing you saw when you looked at me was just candidly how we looked. Um, they say never judge a book by its cover, sure, but let's not pretend that the cover doesn't influence how you read the book. Um, it's such a cliche thing, but it's so true. Dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And then I think the other piece of advice that we should be drilling into interns' heads is that while you're starting out, err on the side of being too formal. So the people you're going to be working with, um, you know, if you look at the, the age group and the years of experience, you'll have all kinds of people who are maybe recent graduates or a year or two ahead of you, all the way to people who have been working for 30, 40, 50 years. Typically, those people who are in management are those 30, 40, 50 years. And they kind of have sometimes this attitude that millennials were going to show up and want to work on like bean bags and eat avocado toast and just like tweet everything. Um, which isn't fair, but you're already kind of working against this sort of millennial reputation. So how are you developing your own reputation? And I think an easy, easy way to go about starting that is to dress a little more formally. And that's what I'm going to talk about here. Um, as you get to know your workplace, as you settle in, you'll be able to scale back and so maybe take it a little more casually. But it's easier to start formal and go casual than to dress too casually and have to have those awkward conversations with your boss until you get it right. Um, the first thing that I think every intern in DC should own is good suits. Um, whether that's pants or a skirt, a blazer, and a dress. And like those pieces, you can mix and match all you want. Um, good suiting does not necessarily mean that you are breaking the bank on that. H&M um, does very decent suiting. Um, and I, one of my tricks is to always buy a cheaper suit buy a suit on sale, I'll walk into a store and pretend I'm going to look at the full price stuff and I just go right back to the sales section. Be good at figuring out where you can get clothes that fit you, at clothes that you can afford, um, and then taking the extra $10, $5 to get it tailored to fit you is so helpful. I'm a shorter person, so I almost always have to get my pants 
um, hemmed. But it's so much better to drop that extra $7 than to be walking around with fabric pooling at my ankles. Um, card, you don't always have to be wearing a blazer. I am today because I knew I was coming to speak to you. Um, but for normal days, a cardigan's perfectly acceptable. Or I might wear a dress that um, has sleeves. But a general rule of thumb is that your shoulders should always be covered. Um, also, nothing too tight, too low, too short. If there's ever a question in your mind, is this work appropriate? probably isn't work appropriate. Um, like I said, I made so many mistakes. My, I think my most memorable one is I one time wore a hot pink cocktail dress to work because I put a black blazer over it and thought that made it appropriate. Wasn't appropriate. Um, one time is a mistake. An internship, the beauty of an internship is that it's a learning opportunity. So um, don't be so terrified that you don't make those mistakes. Once is a mistake, twice is a decision, and three times is a pattern. Um, so just keep that in mind. If your boss has that conversation with you, learn from your mistakes and address your, um, your actions accordingly. Similarly, uh, your hair is part of your appearance, right? Um, ladies, dry shampoo is an incredible tool, but it can also um, be a handicap. So don't be that girl coming in with oily hair or dry shampoo showing. Perfume, again, nothing too strong. Your nails should be neat and clean. If you have a nice gel manicure three weeks later and it's grown out, so half of your nails are showing, it's no longer a nice manicure. Um, and no distracting jewelry. I know these seem kind of ridiculous, but getting these little things short, essentially anytime you pay attention to the details, that's such a great way to set yourself apart from other people who are ignoring those details. Um, so somebody looks at you, if you're meeting someone, your first appearance or your appearance goes into that first impression but followed shortly thereafter probably by a handshake. Um, the average person will shake hands over 15,000 times in their life and yet uh, over 70% of people say they're not comfortable with their handshake. So that's always something I like talking about with your interns or with my interns. Um, for, your, uh, for when you're meeting someone you shake with your right hand. Even if you're left-handed it's good to assume that you're going to be shaking with your right hand. Um, your fingers go under the receiving palm of the other person. Um, you position your hand halfway, so none of this like lunging at someone, but also um, none of this like tepid fish, it's nice to meet you, maybe I'm high-fiving, maybe I'm just waving my hand. Halfway out, um, a cool dry palm. I didn't think I had to stress this, and then I married my husband who, God love him, always has clammy hands. If that's you, just wipe him discreetly on your side and then shake someone's hand. Um, your handshake should be up and down maybe once or twice, no longer than two or three seconds. You want to avoid that awkward, I'm just like giving you a high five, but also avoid um, the really uncomfortable, why are we still shaking hands moment. Similarly, I and maybe this is unfair to say, I feel like it applies more when there are gentlemen in the room. Don't go for that bone crushing, I'm going to show you how impressive I am by breaking your fingers, or um, that dead fish scenario again where you're just tepidly shaking someone's hand. And so now I know it's really cliche, but we're going to practice. So please turn to the person next to you. Remember, pop fingers together under the receiving palm, up and down, two or three times. Great. All right. 
love the enthusiasm in the room. I know that's really cliche, but hopefully if you were one of those 70% who feels uncomfortable with your handshake, you now feel more reassured. A couple of other important things that I saw y'all were nailing without me even having to say is to make eye contact when you're shaking someone's hand and to smile. Another tidbit is that your name badge should always go on your right hand side. That way when you're shaking hands, your arm forms a line right up to your name. Any questions about like your appearance, your handshake? I also made you do that so that you would like break out of just sitting there and looking at me. If you have any questions as we move along, feel free to ask them as we go. Um, with handshakes and those first, um, or first impressions is an introduction. Um, traditionally, as an intern, you're more likely to be being introduced to someone, but if you're in the point where you're making an introduction, say um, the speaker comes over and you want to introduce them to the person sitting next to you, or um, you are bringing a friend from out of town over to meet the other people you intern with, it's good to know the basic rule of thumb for how to do a proper introduction. Uh, you speak to the person you want to honor first, so I might say, um, Dr. Fulner, I'd like to introduce you to my intern, Emily Mashburn. Um, Emily, this is Dr. Fulner. Similarly, you would look at the person you're speaking to first, and then the person that you are introducing, so you are guiding the conversation with your eyes and your body. Speak clearly and use courteous language, so it should be, I would like to introduce you to, or I would like... Um, you to meet, or may I introduce you to, you know, just, just be courteous. Um, if I'm ever introducing someone in a small group, you list the names of the person in that group first, and then you introduce them to who you are introducing. That way you're getting their attention and pulling them out of the conversation that they were already having, and it gives the poor person you're now introducing to four people time to figure out who they're about to meet. When you make an introduction, don't just leave them awkwardly hanging. Try and explain why this introduction is pertinent. So I might say, um, Emily just started her internship at the Heritage Foundation, or I, b I believe you both attended the Claire Booth Luce Hill Summit, something like that, so that you're giving them a, at least a starting point for a conversation. Um, with, once you have the introductions, then you're in the part of conversation, and maybe there's a point to your conversation, or maybe you're making awkward small talk. Um, that's always uncomfortable for many people, myself included. I'm an extrovert, but I hate small talk. So it's one of the things that's hard for me to get over when I'm at networking events. Um, I can assure you that if you're feeling like, oh, girl, me too, um, that it gets better with practice. So the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Also figure out strategies that work for you. So if you don't like going in and making small talk on your own, bring a wingman, bring a couple of friends, or set goals for yourself, like let's each meet at least three new people. But um, networking is such an ingrained part of how this city works that you're gonna want to do it and you're candidly going to need to do it. One of the things that I, I added kind of last minute to this conversation was something on phones because I, um, right before I came over, I had the worst phone call ever. Um, I've never met this person, but candidly, if I do meet them, they're already coming out from a bad first impression. So phone etiquette is a thing. Um, when you're making a call, introduce yourself. Don't just start saying like, hey, I'm calling about your event and I want to come. Cool. Well, who are you? So it would be much better to say, my name is John Smith and I'm calling because you're hosting an event this evening and I was wondering if you could tell me more information about that. Especially if you're calling about a job or anything that you want someone to help you with, be courteous. Say your name. 
If you're leaving a voicemail, um, say your name at, at the beginning, you know, when you start the message, but also again at the end and repeat your number twice. A general rule of thumb is that if you're asking someone for help, don't make them work to help you. So whether that's um, looking for job advice, oh, I don't know what I want to do, can you give me some advice? That's one thing, but if you say like, hey, I think I really want to go to the Hill, I'm interested and impressed, do you have anyone I should meet? That's so much more targeted and actionable than just as general, help me. Similarly, if you're leaving a voicemail and you want someone to call you back, make it easy for them to have your number. So that's why you repeat it twice. Any questions so far? Well, so to recap, that's what I think goes into are the most important things for making an impression. Um, but once you've made that first impression, whether it's with your boss or your coworkers or the other people in your department, how do you build off of that and continue to develop a reputation of professional excellence? Um, there are several things that I think go into that. Um, I don't have time to cover them all, but again, I want to hit on the, a couple of the big ones that I've seen my interns and myself either my interns either do well or that I know I struggled with when I was an intern. Um, first is email. If I get a complaint from full-time staff about um, behavior of an intern, nine times out of ten, it's out of a rude email. Um, and I think uh, it's part of the generational differences as well. Um, but uh, I think it, it, it's more common for millennials to treat email almost, of this, almost as if it's a message system. Um, and that's not traditional, it's not professional, and it's also not how many people at work want to go about it. The subject line of your email should always indicate what the email is about. So if I was emailing my boss, I might say, question rename badges for event, or follow up on quarterly report. That way it's very easy for her to know exactly what I'm emailing her about before I send it, or before she even reads it. Formality is always important, especially if it's your first email or the first time you're emailing with someone, I would encourage you to use someone's last name um, in full salutation. So um, I no longer email my boss, Dear Mrs. Richardson, but when we were first starting out, I made sure to err on the side of formality. Same thing with email. So if you were um, following up with me after this saying like, hey, I liked your talk, can we get coffee? Which you can absolutely do, I would love that. Um, but a proper way to start that email would be, Dear Mrs. Warner. For the first time, you use someone's full name, and really, until they tell you otherwise, you should go about using that last name. If you were to email me, Dear Mrs. Werner, probably the first thing I would email you back would be, oh, please, call me Eleanor. But it's respectful to give someone that, um, that salutation the first time around. Always start a new email for a new conversation. So again, going back to those hypothetical emails with my boss, if I was emailing her a question about event tonight, and we're emailing about that, I wouldn't say, oh, this other thing, did you type up Jenny's uh, performance evaluation? Because then when she's looking for that later, like, were well, we talking about the performance evaluation or the event for tonight? Um, it's much easier uh, for you and for them if you just make a new email for every new subject. Type in full sentences and use spell check, but also um, read it over. Always read it over. I had one time an incredibly, incredibly embarrassing experience because I misspelled organism to a very similarly spelled word, and I spelled correct it all. Yeah, that was great. Um, if your boss or sends you an email, especially if it's something that you should do, acknowledge that you've read it. So if I give my interns a task, I appreciate when they email me back, got it, or will do. You know, it can be really quick like that. Um, but that way, I'm not left wondering, does Jenny know what's going on? Like, has she seen this? Is, are we making movement on this? 
that's also a great time to clarify your expectations and understanding of that task. Um, so if you're ever unsure, like, do I mean I want this this afternoon or tomorrow, you can follow up right then. You should treat moving off of email and more into just general work performance overall, treat every task like a test. Um, so whether that's something like here you have this big project and I need you to build up a brand new data set or it's can you deliver this package to this person, you want to be um, executing every task that you're assigned as if it was the be-all and end-all and your performance and evaluation was based on this one thing. Um, that can get kind of exhausting, so obviously you're not always going to be able to do that, but to the best of your abilities, treat every task like a test and it's that you're being judged on it because you are. It is adding up to your overall reputation. Um, always bring a pen and a paper with you, especially if it's a meeting with your boss, um, and take notes. It signals that you are taking this seriously and therefore they should take you seriously. It's also a good way um, to make sure you're not constantly interrupting your boss with questions. If I give my intern a, a job and they're not taking notes and then they come back and ask me questions, one of my first questions that I ask them is, well, what do your notes say? Um, you know, you should be keeping this record. And that way, you can also, again, go over it at the end so that instead of asking questions halfway through and having to course correct, if you establish that you and your boss are on the same page at the beginning, you're going to be working faster and more efficiently. So to say, my understanding of this project is ABC, I might say, close, it's actually ABQ, um, but that way we can go over and we know we're on the same page moving forward. Similarly, what if I've given you an assignment, but I'm blanking on the fact that I already gave you two other things that you're working on. It's a way for you to easily say, all right, um, I think my priority should be one, two, three. Is that what you would like me to work on as well? Um, that's a kind of form of managing up, and it's difficult as an intern because you're in this very temp status. Some organizations and people ask, act as if intern is synonymous with office flunky, um, but being able to manage up is such a critical life skill, um, and it's something that I love it when my interns do, that I try and do with my boss. With any job, you're going to end up with that situation, so why not start practicing those habits while you're an intern? Um, having a good attitude is so indispensable. Um, so when I was an intern, I figured out pretty early on that I loved Heritage and that I would love to be able to stay on at Heritage. And I thought that the best way to go about doing that was to figure out how to make myself invaluable. Um, so be the person who takes the trash out. Or um, for me, I realized that the newspapers were coming in every day, and then staffers were sort of filing them as they wanted them, but then they were digging through it. So I just made it one of my early morning things was to file all the newspapers away. Or the mail needed to be taken around from like it got delivered to one place and then I brought it to everyone's individual office. Um, those are really little things that took maybe two minutes out of my day, but it meant I met everyone in the office. And it also meant that when I wasn't in the office, they noticed that I was missing that um, there was a role that wasn't being done. So once you can become that invaluable part of the, your team's effort, you're much more likely for your boss to be able to go that extra mile to keep you on or write that amazing letter of recommendation for you for whatever comes next. Um, really be willing to go the extra mile. Start building up that mindset of what can I do to help. Um, take the trash out before the trash like someone asks you to. It's not a glamorous talk. It's not something that you want to uh, maybe write home to mom and dad about. But I one time had uh, an intern who had this um, 
an eating disorder, and, excuse me, an <laughs> allergy. She had an allergy, and I had forgotten about it when I ordered catering, so I didn't have food for her. That was awful. What was I going to do? And my intern says, like, well, I could run and get her a sandwich across the street. Would that work? And so he went up and figured out, like, what she could eat, went, got the sandwich. I was still in the, oh, no, I messed up thing. And he was already like, don't worry. I have a strategy. I've got this. Um, he's the sort of intern who I'm, like, calling people to recommend, writing him letters of recommendation. That because he, that one scenario was something he just exhibited constantly throughout his internship. And that's the sort of thing that you want when someone says, oh, Will, they immediately think, ran and got the sandwich. Team player, absolutely. So you want to be building up that kind of work reputation. Any questions so far just on first impressions and reputations? Yeah, in the back. Yeah, I'm really glad you asked because um, it brings up a, a really great piece of advice that my first supervisor told me. So she said, um, you weren't hired for your fashion sense and you're not here to make a fashion statement. Um, I think it goes back to that error on the side of formality. Um, are the people wearing open-toed shoes staffers? You don't have that luxury of a full-time job yet, so why not just wear the closed-toed shoe? Um, are they other interns? Okay, but are you looking to blend in or stand out? Why not wear that closed-toed shoe? Candidly, I don't care that much about open-toed shoes if it's an informal day, like if it's just something going on in-house. Um, but there was one day as an intern, I wore open-toed shoes, and I ended up um, going with the vice president of communication to all of these meetings and taking notes for him because I was going to write a, like a summary at the end of the day. I'm so proud. I think I've had this great face time with him. End of the day, we're getting out of the elevator. He looks down and goes, nice shoes. And I was realized I've been wearing open-toed sandals. I didn't wear open-toed shoes again until I got a full-time job. Maybe, again, that's erring on the side of caution a little too much, but why not, you know? Was there another question? Yeah. Yeah, so that's the awkwardest thing is when you're coming into an event and maybe you have your little plate of cheese and you have no one to talk to and you're looking around and everyone else is talking. Um, I would say look for groups of three to introduce yourself to. Um, sometimes if a person just talking one-on-one, -on -one, they're having a, a more personal conversation it's harder to break into. But um, just embrace that awkward moment. Walk up and say, hi, I'm Eleanor. I work at the Heritage Foundation. It's so nice to meet you. Um, if they're a decent human being, they're going to extend their hand and say, Hi, I'm Sally. I work at Claire Booth Lewis. It's really nice to meet you. Do you know so-and-so? And then now, look, you know two more people. So, absolutely. Absolutely. So first, I always encourage you to be self-sufficient. Try and find it out on your own. Google them. Um, look at your organization. Do they have bios for that person, for example? My bio, or my bio will say Eleanor Werner, but further down it says, lives with her husband. Boom, I'm married, Mrs. Um, if you can't find it, that's an absolutely appropriate question to ask your supervisor or your boss. They're here to help you. So they would say, like, you can go with this. Or she's actually a doctor. Or Weirdly, he's a former ambassador, so you should call him like Ambassador Miller. Good question. 
Absolutely. So um, as an intern with networking, the goal isn't to like make it rain with your business cards. Um, uh, candidly, as an intern, until you have that full-time job, I don't think a business card is worth it. We actually um, don't print business cards for our interns because what's important is that you are getting their business card. So at the end of an event, like say you come back with five or six business cards, why not set that as a goal? I'm going to get six business cards. Um, Add them to your LinkedIn. Shoot them an email. Dear Mr. Teller, it was so nice to meet you at this event. Um, I'm the intern working at uh, the Heritage Foundation. Uh, I really enjoyed our brief conversation. I would love to follow up. Do you have time for a 15-minute coffee? Um, 15 minutes is a really good starting point to ask for because if you ask for a half hour, an hour, maybe you get that email and someone's busy and they're stressed and they're like, ah, I don't have time. But no one is going to say, I don't have 15 minutes. So. So networking, again, it's just like small talk. It's a skill. Um, but say you, um, you get a meeting with uh, my boss, Elena Richardson, director of the Young Leaders Program. Awesome. She's so plugged in um, to DC and the greater movement. You want to make the most of that opportunity. So I would you know, read over someone's bio, um, come in with two or three prepared questions. Good questions to ask are, um, how did you get to where you are now? People love to talk about themselves. So. Um, What's one lesson you wish you had learned sooner? Um, what have you struggled with the most over the course of your career? Um, what is something that you see interns doing wrong? Or um, what are things that make an intern really stand out? If it, you want to go specifically into um, external relations outreach, because that's what she does, um, maybe say, like, how do you get the most out of events like the State Policy Network? or um, you know, try and be as intentional and strategic with that time that you have. Yeah? Um, so I understand that you don't mean this literally as your only option when you say, you know, can we have 15 minutes to go get coffee? Um, but Justin, I've only been here for, this is my first week, and I've already been asked like three times a day to get coffee for different things. Um, I mean, like we had a coffee with my congressman that we had to go to first thing in the morning, and then my internship coordinator later said, you know, can we get coffee to go over some stuff? And then someone else was like, hey, we should grab coffee because we just met. What's um, other alternatives to like coffees or snacks or things like that that make you stand out and are also like a good casual uh, place to connect with people? Yeah, so. Absolutely. So the question was, um, DC like runs off of coffee meetings. Um, what are other ways, other questions that you could ask someone for a little bit of time um, but it's maybe not their seventh coffee of the day. Um, good question. So I, um, one, you want to keep these meetings during the normal business hours. So um, you shouldn't expect someone to be staying really late or, heaven forbid, um, do not expect someone to do meetings on the weekend. If they offer, count your lucky stars and make that happen. But that's the exception to the rule. Um, I think... Uh, breakfasts are more done. Um, you know, I, I rarely have time for lunch with an intern, but um, it doesn't interrupt my day if we get like a muffin at 8.30. And then we have longer too. Um, so you might say like, do you have time for a coffee or a lunch? An informational interview as well. 
Um, or you could say, um, do you have time for a coffee? Or I would be happy to stop by your office if you have any time. That also makes it clear that you're willing to work their convenience into your schedule as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. I wouldn't, and I also, um, I wouldn't ask uh, for drinks after work okay. either. Okay. And then um, for my second question, what's a skill that you utilize when you forget someone's name and you have to introduce them to someone? Like what, is, is there right. a certain like <laughs> script that you follow? Because I know that I've been in that situation and it was... Awkward? Yeah, it was awkward and I try to avoid it, but I wonder if you have any like really special sentence that just works really well and doesn't sound a, I don't know, um, misrepresented. Sure thing. It's, I am so sorry I forgot your name, or I'm so sorry, can you remind me of your name again? Just own up to it. It's so much easier um, to just address it and move on. Um, I also am trying to launch this personal campaign to get all of DC to agree to one common practice. DC never agrees to anything. But can we all just agree that if, um, you and I are talking to someone and someone walks over and starts acting as if they know me and I have not already introduced you, it's because I am mentally scrambling trying to remember this person's name. If I know them, I will introduce them to you. If I don't introduce them to you, it's because I'm going, is it Jill, is it Jen, is it Jansen? What is it? So just introduce yourself in that situation. So say like, hey, I'm so-and-so. How do you know Eleanor? And I'll be like, oh my goodness, I thought you knew each other. This is so-and-so, this is so-and-so. So help your, help your friends cover for each other like that. I think that if we could all agree to do that, the world would be a much less anxious place. <laughs> yeah, in the back. Um, hi, my name is Haley Nielsen, and I just want to thank you for talking about the going to coffees and everything. Um, my question is aimed more towards after you've had the coffee and you sent the follow-up email saying thank you for taking the time to meet me, how do you make that, again, last until sometime when you need a job? Because I'm a, I'm a rising senior, so I still have a whole year of school left. Right. And I don't want to like bother these people throughout the year, be like, hey, remember that one time we had coffee? <laughs> but I still want to have that connection for eventually when I graduate and can pursue a career. Yeah. Um, how many of you have already graduated? So a few select few. I had interned after I graduated too, so I remember that anxious, I need to find a job, I need to find a job, I need to find a job yesterday. Um, but I work with interns all the time who say like, you know, I have this great opportunity now, um, but I'm going back to campus, what am I going to do? Um, so I think of uh, email as sort of running oil through the pipes to make sure that that engine runs effectively. So if you're going back to school, um, by the end of your internship, um, make a list of people who would be really key for you to stay in touch with. Um, that should be your supervisor, your mentor, um, somebody you've met, maybe it's someone at your church, maybe it's um, this other person you've gotten to know at work, or someone who has the dream job that you want. Um, but you know, come up with a list of those people and then figure out how are you going to stay in touch with them. You want to be sending them periodic emails of your updates. Um, so I think this can go like two ways. The calendar way, mm, the calendar way and the personal way. So um, by the calendar way, I mean, um, you know, take advantage of things like, um, are they, do you know they go to 
like, are they Jewish? Then talk about Jewish holidays, like, oh, happy Hanukkah, um, Merry Christmas, happy Thanksgiving, I'm so thankful for my time getting to know you. Oh, look, that two sentences, cute, I remember who you are. Um, or, or personal, or calendar also, like, um, you're here in the summer, so next summer, or as they're starting to hire their summer interns, think back like, oh, I was so grateful for that summer with you. Um, personal, I think, is one of the easier ways because there are more opportunities there, and it also makes you stand out. Everyone gets a million Christmas cards, but not everyone gets um, you know, a card saying like, hey, I read your recent piece. I thought that was brilliant. Or, um, for example, my interns all know that I love Hamilton, and um, my husband is amazing, and we went to see it last fall in New York. And I had about 12 interns check in with me afterwards to be like, hey, I remember you said you were going to Hamilton. How was it? Did you like it? I've like learned all the words to guns and chips. You know, that is so cool. And then I'm going to email back and now we're having this conversation. And it's just, again, bringing yourself to the forefront of someone's mind. Um, because if you're going to want that, that letter of recommendation or that, um, that call on your behalf, then you want someone to have that constant um, relationship with you. So you don't want to be, I've had interns who email me nine months later like, hey, done, I graduated, can you write me a letter of recommendation or what should I do? And yes, I will help them because that's my job. But then I have interns who, um, you know, stay in touch and maybe they shoot an email or they favorite a tweet or, you know, something, little things just like that. Um, so they're, they're staying up at the forefront of my mind. And those are the people who it's like, oh yeah, I know you're graduating. And so when people are hitting me up for jobs, um, they're more likely to be people I would recommend. Yeah. Um, what's your take on staying in touch through social media, and how do you keep it professional without like blurring the line between personal and professional? Sure. So don't friend your boss. That's an easy one. Um, especially while you're an intern, don't friend your boss. Um, following them on Twitter is fine. Um, I never. I think it's also on your boss to establish and maintain those levels of professionalism. But I, um, so I never friend the interns that I work with, but afterwards, go for it, why not? Just keep in mind that um, if you're going to be using this for help, like you don't wanna have um, pictures of you tossing back tequila with shots on spring break and then be like, oh, can you help me get a job? So, um, but since you wouldn't want those pictures on Facebook anyway when you're job hunting, it's not a problem. So I would say wait until after your internship, but then yeah, why not use it, it's a tool. Okay, do I have time for more questions? One last question. Sure, um, in, the, in the blazer. Hi, um, so for you, you mentioned like doing little things to make yourself invaluable and stand out in your internship, but um, I feel like a lot of people get that advice and so every, in my internship, I've noticed that the other interns are like constantly almost competing to be like the mm. most, like doing the most and so what are ways to, like I always feel uncomfortable offering to help about with things that other interns have already offered to help with and like things like that. So how would you handle that? Yeah, so you don't wanna be that intern who is aggressively competing. Um, this is not the Hunger Games. <laughs> so um, I think, you know, it, there's no harm in saying like, hey, do you need help with that? But if they've got it, let them, let them do their thing. Don't try and repeat someone else's experience, like do your own. Um, and you know, if they're busy filing the mail and doing the newspapers, then that means you have time to go talk to your boss and say like, hey, I've done my core responsibilities. Um, is there anything else that I could help you with? 
or um, you could also come in with like a, a goal in mind to say like I've, um, I've done all of my daily tasks for the day. I'm actually really interested in um, press and I think I might want to be a press secretary. Would it be okay if I, um, if I shadowed someone or what, what are ways that you think I could gain this experience? Um, so that way you're still being polite and proactive. You're first getting all your work done. Um, I love Disney, so I always think of it as like cleaning the tapestries before you go to the ball. Um, but you're not competing with someone, you are taking responsibility for your own experience. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, was that a yes? I can take one more. Yes, I'm done. I'm done. Well, ladies, thank you so much. Um, I have new business cards which haven't been printed yet, but I meant what I said. If you have any questions for me, please feel free to email me. My email is Eleanor, spelled E-L-I-N-O-R, dot Werner, that's W-E-R-N-E-R, -E at heritage.org. Fun fact, all of Heritage's emails are the same thing, so it's first name dot last name at heritage.org, so you can find my name on the website. But it was so nice to get to talk with you, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your conference. <laughs>